Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Our podcasts are supported by advertising, and I'm really pleased that Quip is advertising with our program because they've got an amazing product. When was the last time you replaced your toothbrush? Do you always brush twice a day for a full two minutes? You know, these are important habits that have a huge impact on your health. And I grew up with so many misunderstandings about brushing my teeth that I, you know, that frankly, I didn't learn about until I got my Quip electric toothbrush. And they're the ones who told me, you only need a little tiny dot of toothpaste, for example. And you don't need to scrub the crap out of your mouth. You just two minutes gently with a toothbrush twice a day. You don't need to do it three times a day. You don't need to get hysterical about it. My OCD had kicked in back when I was a teenager around brushing my teeth, and I think I frankly damaged my gums going nuts with all this electric toothbrushes and stuff. Quip is a really great new electric toothbrush that's gentle and really works. It fixes those problems. It does this with a lightweight and sleek design, simple time vibrations, and guiding pulses to give you a perfect two-minute clean. Bulkier electric brushes have awkward charging stands, modes you don't need. They cost five times as much, and here's the amazing thing. Quip starts at just $25. And you can get brush head refills automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended three-month schedule for only 5 bucks, And shipping is free. Quip has been featured in GQ, Oprah's O-List, and Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of the year. I agree. Go to getquip.com slash TomTHOM right now and get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Tom. It's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash T-H-O-M. And when you do... You're also supporting our program and our podcast. Thank you. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. Tom Hartman here with you. Congressman Mark Pocan is on the line with us. You can find his website at pocan.house.gov, and you can tweet him at Rep. Mark Pocan, as in Representative Mark Pocan. Congressman Pocan, welcome back. Thanks, Tom. Glad to be here. It is always great having you with us. So it turns out that Donald Trump lied. He said that the FBI didn't want to be involved in an investigation involving Brett Kavanaugh. And the FBI just came out and said, no, that's what we do. Uh, We'd be glad to do that. We did that for Anita Hill. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on all this? No, I mean, this is starting to look like they could have some real problems if they decide to push this vote and uh, push this last hearing without having an FBI investigation. I mean, you know, this 
this whole story has been interesting is how it's unfolded uh, from the president not telling the truth about the FBI to now him publicly attacking his attorney general once again. It's gone in a very weird direction, but I think what they're not realizing is this is a very different time than Anita Hill, and if you take someone and treat someone this poorly with very serious allegations, that there is no way that people are going to support that, and uh, it could really backfire for them. So we're going to have to see what unfolds over the next few days. Next week is going to be a crazy week in Washington. Could be our last week uh, in the House before the election. Uh, There's some rumors that may happen in uh, between that and this hearing and maybe a vote next week. It's going to be very exciting. Is one of the reasons that they might be jamming everything into next week and then going on vacation until the election because they're worried, because, I mean, the Republicans control the show, because they're worried that Donald Trump obsessively wants to shut down the government so he can make a point about his wall, and they're trying to short-circuit that? Well, I think a bigger part, and that could be a part of it, but a bigger part is they just need their members in their districts, because traditionally people Uh, hate Congress but like their own member. mm Mm-hmm. They need to get members out, you know, smiling and not looking like the votes they actually take when they're in Washington. Uh, They want to make them be someone else, and they want them to get back home and be friendly. Uh, You know, I just was traveling. You know, I was in Omaha, Nebraska on Monday uh, helping out Kara Eastman, who's running against Bacon, who is one of the more extreme folks in Congress. And, you know, she's a a progressive, won a, a primary there, doing a great general election. Tom, by the way, I met a bunch of your listeners at an event. You got a lot of support in Omaha. Cool. A lot of listeners. And uh, then next day I went and helped Cindy Axney in the Des Moines, Iowa area. There's a feeling out there. You can just, you know, see it. There's a lot of energy. And, you know, these are districts that if you pick up the Omaha district and a Des Moines district, there's a majority uh, without question. And I think they're just nervous and they want to get their members home trying to look like they're not the people that tried to take away their health care and passed a tax bill that gave all the money to the 1% and all the other terrible things they've been doing this session. Wow. Wow. Anyhow, let's pick up some phone calls, okay? Yes. All righty. Joe in Buffalo, New York, you are on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi, how you doing? Good, Joe. I've got two little points here just to keep it in the public's eye and ear. How are things going with that situation where Trump made that political investment and then all of a sudden Trump University investigation in Florida died? That's part one. Part two is... Pam Bondi was the one there. Okay. She was the, the AG. Other thing, yeah. I, I don't hear a peep about it. I and mean, if you compare it to Benghazi, with the Republicans spending $30 million on that baloney, we had supposedly a Russian oligarch paying these mercenaries that attacked U.S. troops in Syria. And you, know, you don't hear a peep about that anymore. So that's the two things. Yeah, Joe, I, let me answer it again if a little more generally, because on the first one, I'm not sure. I mean, I think there's a lot of things... Should the majority change, we will be investigating to make sure that, you know, we really are doing the due diligence that the public deserves on things. But let me say the bigger problem we often have is that the mainstream media does not pick up most of what happens in Washington. You know, they got about 20 people they put on cameras. You know, they love to talk about Russia. They love to talk about a few other things. But we don't actually talk about real issues or things that people actually are concerned about, because if it doesn't help sell detergent during a commercial break, it's not the mission that they have. These are no longer the news organizations I think that we used to have. Unfortunately, in, in too many cases, they're still very good journalists. I'm a journalism major myself. I have great respect for the profession, but I think the business side of it has made it much harder to have the right things covered. And that's just a problem we have, which is why some of the work we're going to have to do is going to be at the hearing basis. Should we take the majority? 
Howard in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Yes, uh, Congressman. I want to remind you, I don't know if you know about the story, of the gentleman by the name of Michael Chapin, who flew to Belgium for a hip replacement, and it cost $13,000, and that included the airfare and six days in a hospital room and a surgery. So if Belgium can do it, what's up with us? Yes, Howard, let me uh, address that part of it. I was just in Japan in a bipartisan delegation in February, and someone got talking about how I believe it was in Taiwan. It's $10 a day or is it $100 a day? Either way, for hospital care, for full care, considerably less than obviously a lot of the costs we have here, and how can they do that? And and that's part of what we're trying to get across when we talk about a Medicare for all type system is how can you make sure that everyone is covered and how can you make sure that we can do it in a much more cost effective way, which uh, there are so many things that would reduce costs should we be able to do that. So, you know, that's part of what we're trying to get done. There's now a Medicare for All caucus that's kind of been an offshoot from the Progressive Caucus. We're trying to engage more and more members, and we're going to try to make sure people understand why that issue is going to resonate. And I can tell you this that I think is really important to know is around the districts I just was in, the number one issue that's being talked about is health care. In fact, in Des Moines, David Young, the Republican there, voted for the Republican health care bill five times, voted against protecting pre-existing conditions, just put out a resolution with 27 swing district Republicans that's a non-binding resolution basically saying we support people with pre-existing conditions. So they voted over and over and over officially to take away health care from people who have pre-existing conditions, and now they're trying to you know, put a little fake front out. You're going to get a lot of that between now and November. Well, the public statements have no political, no power. They're just, yeah. Sharice in Independence, Missouri, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Thanks for taking my call. Right to work. Okay, so we got right to work passed here in Missouri. From where I'm from and the umbrella that I'm under, I've noticed that we have been under attack since 2007. That's when I became woke. And over the years, I have lost hmm, probably an upwards of 20-something thousand dollars a year. So my pay has gone down. Um, The caller yesterday was talking about how he notices that in his paycheck that he's making more money. Well, I don't see it over here. I don't see it for the people coming behind me. They're working for half the pay that I am. It takes them longer to get to full pay. Now that we've passed it, how is right to work going to work? Where are we supposed to go from here with it? And who do we turn to to implement it and make it work for the people that are coming up behind us? Because I just don't see it. I hear you. No, I'll tell you, from most of the statistics we see, Cherise, what we're finding is whenever you're in a non-unionized job, you're making significantly less than someone in a unionized job. So when you go to right to work, like we just did also in Wisconsin, you're going to see pay flatten or go down, and you're not going to see the same increases uh, where you have more unionized jobs. And that's just factual from multiple studies. So what people either are offering anecdotal stories that often don't translate to a greater number or 
some people could be referring to, they're seeing just a drop more, and I mean a drop, more in their paychecks because of the tax cut bill, even though 83% went to the top 1%, there's a little bit extra going to people in their checks. The problem is, when I had a conversation yesterday with a bunch of trades folks, carpenters and electricians, they also now lost their ability to deduct all the expenses that they have when they're traveling on the job. So actually, they got a pay cut because of that tax bill, and most people won't realize it until they go to pay their taxes in January or February of next year. So that that could be what they refer to, but without question, unionized jobs are going to pay more than that. Yeah, we should call right to work what it is. It's right to work for less or right to bust a union, because so-called right to work legislation, all that does is give employers a whole new set of tools to break up unions, period. Congressman Mark Pocan taking your calls on the Tom Hartman program. We'll be right back. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Congressman Pocan's website, pocan.house.gov, and you can tweet him at Rep. Mark Pocan. Tony in Georgetown, Kentucky. Hey, Tony, thanks for listening on our app. You're on the air with Congressman Mark Pocan. What's up? Hey, fellas. How did this thing get botched with this letter to Dianne Feinstein? I think it's a mess. The way that was held on, I don't think that's right. I think we could have done so much more if that thing had been exposed. Because basically, it seems like now, from now on, that everything else is gravy for the Republican Party. Because with the 26 judges they've already instituted, with 10 more to come, and two Supreme Court people, everything else is gravy for them. I mean, the mission is accomplished. How can that happen? That's my take. Sure, Tony. Well, there's a lot there. So let me try to address the part I think that I can best address, which is, In the case of the letter, I mean, this is someone who didn't want to have to relive what happened. And while she wrote a letter to her member of Congress, and I think, you know, she's been very articulate in the stories I've heard from the journalists, especially that she talked to, this is something that a woman doesn't want to have to necessarily relive and go through the experience again. And she was afraid of exactly what happened. She's now getting death threats. They've had to move out of their house. All these things have happened that she was trying to avoid, and then finally decided she had to do something uh, about this because it was going to come out. She wanted to do it on her terms. So I don't think this is something that, you know, there's a great political strategy to wait or anything else. I think this is a human being who said, look, this happened to me. I think someone should know, but I also don't want to have my life torn inside out, which is now exactly what's happened. And the fact that now we won't even do an FBI investigation, the bare minimum we need to on this, and instead a bunch of let's face it, old white men in the Republican Party want to question her. This could be a true true sign of the last gasp, I think, of this Republican Party because they are not recognizing where the rest of the country is in this issue. So I don't think that, you know, there is a mistake in it. I think there's a human being in it. But let's at the same time realize we've got a guy who may have perjured himself looks like maybe four times and now has this and they want to just rush this appointment through. That's a real mistake. Yeah. Looking at the politics of this, it seems that this story has given cover to the Joe Manchins and Heidi Heitkamps and Claire McCaskill, you know, the, the four or five, Doug Jones, four or five conservadems in the Senate who are up for reelection and were concerned about this vote. Is it also going to give cover to Murkowski and Collins? Do you think that this actually has the power to change the vote? You know, it should, right? If they're going to force this without an investigation, and again, a bunch of old white men make the decisions on this, 
this could be horrendous for them going into the elections. If they're not watching what's happening in the primaries and in the elections, November, with polling around the country, they got to realize that this is not, it's not another Anita Hill situation. This is a different time in America, and it could really explode for them. So, you know, let Donald Trump be Donald Trump, I guess, but this is a human being, and uh, this is going to be a situation a lot of people can feel and relate to. And the day he's sworn in is the last day of Roe v. Wade. I mean, people need to get that. Tony in Georgetown, Kentucky. Hey, Tony, thanks for listening on our app. You're on the air with Congressman Mark Pocan. What's up? Hey, fellas. Um, how did this thing get botched with this letter to Dianne Feinstein? I think, I think it's a mess. And uh, the way that was held on, I don't, I don't think that's right. Uh, I, I think we could have done so much more if that thing had been exposed. And uh, because basically it, it seems like now, from now on, that everything else is gravy, you know, uh, for the Republican Party. Because uh, with the 26 judges they've already uh, uh, instituted, with 10 more to come, and, and two Supreme Court people, everything else is gravy for them. I mean, the, 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 the mission is accomplished. And uh, I don't know how that happened. How, how can that happen? That's my take. Sure, uh, Tony. Well, I mean, let me. Uh, I'm, it, was, it was a little. There's a lot there, so let me try to address the part I think that I can best address, which is, in the case of the letter, I mean, this is someone who didn't want to have to relive uh, what happened. And while she wrote a letter to her member of Congress, and I think you know she's been very articulate in the stories I've heard from the, the journalists, especially that she talked to. Uh, this is something that you know a woman doesn't want to have to necessarily relive and go through the experience again and she was afraid of exactly what happened she's now getting death threats they've had to move out of their house uh, all these things have happened that she was trying to avoid and then finally decided she had to do something uh, about this because it was going to come out she wanted to do it on her terms so i don't think this is something that you know there's a great political strategy to um you know wait or anything else i think this is a, a human uh, being who said, look, this happened to me, I think someone should know, but I also don't want to have my life torn inside out, which is now exactly what's happened. And the fact that now we won't even do an FBI investigation, the bare minimum we need to on this, and instead a bunch of, let's face it, old white men in the Republican Party who want to question her, uh, this could be a true, um, a true sign of the last gasp, I think, of this Republican Party, because they are not recognizing where the rest of the country is in this issue. So I don't think that, you know, there is a mistake in it. I think there's a human being in it. And uh, but let's at the same time realize we've got a guy who may have uh, perjured himself of looks like maybe four times and now uh, has this and they want to just rush this appointment through. Uh, That's a real mistake. Looking at the politics of this, it seems that this story has given cover to the Joe Mansions and Heidi Heitkamp's and Claire McCaskill, you know, the, the, the four or five, uh, 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 Doug Jones, four or five uh, conservadems in the Senate who uh, are up for re-election and were concerned about this vote. Um, is it also going to give cover to Murkowski and Collins? Do you think that this actually has the power to change the vote? You know, it should, right? If they're going to force this without an investigation, and again, a bunch of old white men make the decisions on this, 
Um, this would be uh, this could be horrendous for them going into the elections if they're not watching what's happening in the primaries and in the elections uh, in November with polling around the country. They got to realize that this is not uh, it's not another Anita Hill situation. This is a different time in America, and it could really explode for them. So. You know, let Donald Trump be Donald Trump, I guess, but this is a human being, and uh, this is going to be a situation a lot of people can feel and relate to. And the day he's sworn in is the last day of Roe v. Wade. I mean, people need to get that. If you want the absolute best shirts around, you have to go to CT Shirts. I want you to try them because once you do, you'll never go back to some random shirt off the shelf of a department store. Plus, CT Shirts come in custom sizes, so you're not messing with ill-fitted sleeve links or neck sizes. It's time to step up your game and look your best. So I got you a special CT Shirts deal. Three CT Shirts for $99. CT Shirts use the softest, most exquisite fabrics ever. Worker casual, tie or no tie, tucked or untucked. When you're wearing a CT shirt, you will look your best. So here's the deal. One CT shirt normally costs 100 bucks, but right now you'll get three CT shirts for just $99. That's 60% off. And CT shirts come with free delivery, a six-month quality guarantee, and free returns. If you hurry, 99 bucks gets you three amazing CT shirts. So go to www.ctshirts.com slash Tom, T-H-O-M. That's www.ctshirts.com slash Tom. Anita in San Antonio, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi, Congressman Pocan. Hi, Tom. Yeah, I am so angry when I heard that gentleman start calling this woman a liar. What reason would she have for making up a story like that? She is the one who's being, she's had to move out of her house with her teenage children. She is getting death threats. She knew exactly what was going to happen. That's why she took the lie detector test. That's why she told her, she had told her therapist years ago that this had happened to her. She's not lying. Women understand that. You know why? Because a lot of us have experienced something very similar to that, if not exactly like that. So, you know, I don't understand why these men, I agree with Maisie Hirona, and tell me if you agree, that men should either, should either step up or shut up. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. You know, one of the things already they were worried about was you can't have, I think, what is it, 11 uh, more senior white Republicans uh, trying to do questioning on this. I mean, let, let's face it, if anyone watched that Facebook hearing, you saw that, you know, let's face it, Congress is not a hip bunch. Um, and there's certain, you know, general uh, things. And when you get to the point of having a bunch of uh, guys who already are deciding that she may not be telling the truth, asking questions, I think it could really, really backfire. They should do the thorough process. You're exactly right. Anita. Why would someone uh, lie about this? She purposely tried to stay out of it because she knew what would happen. Her life would be turned inside out. What's happened? Her life's turned inside out. Uh, this is not done for politics. She's doing it because someone's about to be appointed to the Supreme Court for the rest of their life. So this is something serious, and if they're saying, well, it's calendared, we're busy, I think you're going to have a whole lot of people, including uh, moderate 
uh, Republican-leaning women saying, you're not going to trust someone and you're just going to push it anyway because it was calendared, well, maybe I'm not voting, maybe I'm voting for the Democrats this time. So, you know, it's, it's a shame that people still think like that, but um, we're all going to do our best to make sure that we get a fair hearing for her and that uh, we have the proper review and, and process in place. And, yeah, Maisie Ferrano is exactly right. Joe in Reno, Nevada, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Yeah, hi. It's good to get into you, Tom. I have a way to overturn the House from Democrat, from Republican to Democrat. All you have to do is get this thing out. If you'd like to lower your standard of living, then vote Republican. Congressman? Yeah. You know, I, I tell you, Joe, I'm, I'm with you in the idea is uh, the Republicans are for uh, very clearly uh, a certain small sub-segment of the population. I mean, their tax bill, 83% of the money went to the top 1%. They lowered the rate for corporations. Uh, they've done everything they can to make it harder for people to have access to health care, and if you have a pre-existing condition, you could actually lose access to health care. They've done everything that seems counter, so you, you make a good point. I think right now what we're finding is, you know, talking about uh, health care and prescription drug prices, talking about uh, good-paying jobs and investing in our infrastructure, and then talking just about the culture of corruption in Washington seems to be uh, what resonates the best. And I think it, it definitely overlaps with what you're saying. Um, but, you know, some people see it in, in the aspect of health care. Some are seeing it in the aspect, uh, as I talked to some union workers in Des Moines just yesterday, uh, who are going to wind up with a tax increase because of the tax cut bill, because they've lost deductions on things that were part of their normal expenses, but they're not rich people. They weren't having anyone look out for them in the Republican caucus. So your, your point is well made. Uh, Kevin, in Olympia, Washington, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi, this is Kevin. Am I on? You're on the air, Kevin. We have two uh, minutes to the end sorry, of the hour. Sorry, we had some static there for just a moment. My question's about, by the way, I'm not a troll. I was just charged as a conscientious objector from the Air Force. Uh, no way I'm going to be uh, taking that tax. But my question's about Kavanaugh, Senate rules. Um, the Dems had to, or some of them had to ignore the rules in, in order to reveal some information, put them at risk for dismissal from Congress. At the same time, they took an oath to uphold the Constitution. So my question generally is about that conflict and for the congressman maybe resolving that and taking that risk. And is there any precedent? So that's all I want to ask. Yes, yeah, so I think are you referring to a Cory Booker um, releasing some documents and things like that? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I think these are unprecedented times, right? And, you know, we watched the obstruction when Barack Obama had a full year left and they wouldn't uh, pass his nominee, and we've watched uh, that happen. In this case, you know, if they're not going to give you the information you actually need to confirm someone, for the, this is the most strange time, I think, in many of our lifetimes to watch what's happening in Washington. And I think it's, you know, time Democrats fight back with a bare knuckle, and I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, we have about 20 seconds to the end of the hour. Uh, what, what should we be looking for in this coming week here, Congressman? So next week uh, is going to be a very busy week in Washington with the Kavanaugh hearing and the House is back in maybe for the last week. Uh, make sure you're reaching out to your members of Congress and the Senate. This may be your last blast before the election. And uh, in the House, I know at least people are in districts. Find your member of Congress where they're at in the public and make them answer some questions. This may be your, your last few weeks to do it. Yeah, and the Republicans are in all probability going to be hiding out, right? Oh, yeah, I, I think. Uh, <laughs> 
check, check some uh, local country clubs. You might find them. There you go. Or the golf course. Congressman yeah. Pocan, thanks so much for being with us today. Absolutely, Tom. Thank you. Great talking with you. His website, uh, pocan.house.gov. You can tweet him at RepMarkPocan. And a great guy. Brian Kemp, enemy of democracy. The headline by an article by Carol Anderson in the New York Times uh, talks about Brian Kemp says he has a skill set that Mr. Trump desperately needed, but was curiously silent about in his endorsement. Uh, Brian Kemp is a master of voter suppression. On the line with us is our old friend Greg Pallast. He is the uh, reporter investigative reporter, investigative journalist, author, filmmaker, his most recent, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, gregpalace.com, of course, his website, and you can tweet him, just like I'm Tom underscore Hartman, he's Greg underscore Palast. Greg, welcome back. Glad to be with you, Tom. So uh, what's the latest on the uh, great vote purge that Brian Kemp, the guy who wants to be governor of Georgia, has been running as Secretary of State of Georgia? Well, get ready. This just came in last night from my computer experts. I've got a whole team that have been going through the over half million names that Brian Kemp coughed up to me of people he's purged under threat of a federal lawsuit. He was within hours of a deadline. He's still stonewalling on some stuff, but here's the top line, man. We have 106,000 Georgians who we know absolutely were wrongly removed from the voter rolls. Now that number might double, but it's over 100,000 Georgians. We have their names, we have their addresses, and as of this afternoon, this is a special uh, first for the Tom Hartman uh, audience. Go to gregpalace.com if you're in Georgia and please look up your name. We will have the entire 106,000 people who've been purged. In fact, we're putting up the entire half million who've been purged. Your name's on that list. Please re-register online right this minute 106,000 and you have to understand Brian Kemp who's the Republican Secretary of State is running for governor against Stacey Abrams a Democrat and you know not incidentally she would be the first black female governor in American history if she wins the polls are absolutely neck and neck maybe Abrams is a little bit ahead but if you knock out a somewhere between 100,000 and 500,000 voters, then it's not the voters that are electing the governor. It's Brian Kemp's little Jim Crow machine, which is what it is. And so please, we will have up the name of every one of these voters. In addition, we're launching very quickly on an emergency basis an operation with civil rights leaders like Maynard Eaton to put students on the street to literally knock doors and say, by the way, you just lost your right to vote. Please go and register. We are also working uh, with the great Joe Beasley, who's the Southern States Coordinator for Operation Rainbow Push, um, with the Reverend Lowry's uh, uh, organization. We're trying to, we're getting all the civil rights leaders of Atlanta together to move real quick on this 100,000 plus people who've been wiped out. We have their names, we have their addresses. We're gonna try to get as many phone numbers to contact people, people on the street to knock doors, please. And, and by the way, this is just state one. But it was the most important state because of this tight, tight race. It's not a matter of whether I'm for Stacey Abrams. It's a matter of whether I'm for the voters electing their governor, not a computer. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Louise and I lived in Georgia for, I think, 13 years in total. And CNN is headquartered in Atlanta. Cox Communications is headquartered in Atlanta, or at least used to be. There are some major media empires that are grounded, rooted in Georgia. Are they picking this story up? 
Well, we're going to go to them with the lists of voters, with the names, with the victims. We're actually going door to door, and, and uh, we would like some people, if you see your name on the list at gregpalace.com, send me a message saying, yeah, I found my name on the list. Uh, can we talk? Because it's very important that the media, media likes bodies, not lists and numbers. So we have to play, you know, play in their uh, sandbox the way that they mm -hmm. like to play. But, that, you know, the important thing is let's see if they pick it up. I mean, we have a terrible time getting major media to pick up these uh, these stories of racial vote suppression. Uh, we got that one story, uh, as you mentioned, from The New York Times. That was an op ed. Right. Uh, God forbid they should actually cover the subject. And, and send someone down to investigate. We have we have an entire huge team on this, and Georgia's the first state. We're going to be, uh, as you know, Tom, uh, the Palace Investigative Fund and our lawyers, great lawyers uh, all over the country and headed by Jeannie Meyer of New York, uh, have, we've sued in 26 states, and we've had about half. They're dropping like flies because they don't want to have to go into federal court and explain why they are hiding their operations, their purge operations. So we've had about half the states already coughing up their lists. So we're crunch we're putting literally millions of names of vanished voters into our machines. Georgia will be up today uh, shortly. Please go to gregpalace.com, but, but get ready for the other states. We're talking Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Oklahoma, uh, you know, and, and many more coming. Greg, it seems like this is the Occam's razor explanation for redshift, where, you know, people walk out of the voting place and they tell an exit poller, yeah, I voted for Al Gore, or fill in the blank, right? And turns out that their vote was never counted, and thus the actual vote tally is a little more Republican than the exit polls show. And, and if that's the case, this isn't the first time this has happened. Uh, you know, Brian Kemp didn't just start this 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 week as he was or this year as he was deciding to run for governor. Um, how many cumulatively in Georgia? And then, you know, what's your estimate in other states? Over, you know, this is obviously something that's been going on at least since 2000 and probably since since uh, Reconstruction. Uh, what's your estimate of how many voters have actually uh, it may be in Georgia who think that they're registered to vote, who will show up at the, up at the polls and be given a placebo provisional ballot. Uh, get ready. Uh, from the information and lists and material we've received from Brian Kemp, it looks like a little less than three quarters of a million Georgians have been wiped out without good cause from the voter rolls. And you're exactly right about this exit polling business. Why is it that the exit polls are uh, always more democratic than the uh, so-called official count. And the answer is when you speak to an exit pollster, you say how you just voted. I've never seen an exit pollster say, did you vote on a provisional ballot? Do you know if your vote was counted? We know, for example, in Michigan in 2016, 75,355 ballots in Detroit were not counted. Uh, the machines broke down. So the, if you're in an exit poll, um, you know the exit polls say Hillary Clinton won Michigan. Yeah, because that's what people people did vote, and they voted for Hillary Clinton, not not Donald Trump. But when the vote uh, is counted, all those people who were handed provisional ballots because their names were missing from the voter rolls, all those people with the bad machines, and it's always in the poor areas, their votes never got tallied. That accounts very accurately, by the way. I've done some very careful calculations. You know, I'm old statistician by trade. Uh, it's very close to that so-called redshift. It's the people who's, who thought they voted, but their vote never got tallied. You see it in Georgia, it's, and it's going to be really big in Georgia. 
And uh, and by the way, Kansas, uh, where, you know, the original lists, uh, the purge list, some of them came from uh, Chris Kobach of Kansas that went to Brian Kemp. And that's a tight race in Kansas as well. We have this odd thing, by the way. Kemp is the secretary of state determining who gets to vote, where they get to vote. Remember, he's closed many polling stations in low income areas, uh, how they get to vote, which votes get tallied, who gets provisional ballots, all that. He's a secretary of state, and he's running for governor. I mean, I mean, if the Russians did that, we'd say, there you go. Yeah, uh, it's like Fox meet Hennehouse. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, you got it exactly right, Tom. Yeah, this is, this is, this is bizarre. So get over to Greg Palast, P-A-L-A-S-T, Greg, G-R-E-G, Palast, P-A-L-A-S-T, if you don't know already. Uh, GregPalast.com, and if, particularly if you're in Georgia, or if you know anyone in Georgia who might be a registered Democrat, because the, that's who's going to be purged by Brian Kemp, the guy who's running for governor there, and check it out. Greg, you're the best. Thanks so much for being with us today. Welcome. Steve in Brunswick, Georgia. Hey, Steve, you wanted to follow up on Greg Palast's segment. He's got the names of the over 100,000 people in Georgia who've been purged from the voting rolls by Brian Kemp, the guy who wants to be governor. You've got some more information on that? Yeah. Hey, Tom. Um, you know, Brian Kemp released six million voter records in uh, Georgia, and then he purged the server. He gave the names, addresses, telephone numbers, driver's license numbers, and the party that they voted for. My wife and I were concerned about that. And what we did was we called election headquarters to verify that we were registered to vote. And they did confirm it, although they used the uh, old electronic voting machines that uh, anybody can fix down here in Brunswick. And uh, we were more concerned about that. Uh, but we did check with the uh, election office to make sure that we were registered to vote, and they did confirm it. Okay, good. Step by step. RockTheVote.com, by the way, has, has a tool for this as well. Uh, David in Shelton, Washington. Hey, David, what's on your mind? Tom, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, David. You know, I was listening to all these numbers about people being purged from the voting rolls, and how many Republicans with Hispanic or Asian names are being purged? Well, there's probably not a lot of Republicans with Hispanic or Asian names, but those who are are among those being purged. If 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 Brian Kemp is doing this using uh, Chris Kobach's crosscheck, it's designed to take out people who have common names, and that's principally Hispanics, African Americans, and Asians. I see. Well, I just felt that there was. They're targeting Democrats, and there have to be Republicans in the mix somewhere. I yep. just was wondering how many Republicans were purged in all of it. That's a good question, and I'm, you know, I'm, like I said, I, it'll be a, a minority of the people with those kinds of names, and, and they'll probably be the people who show up to vote and are given a provisional ballot and don't realize that it's a phony baloney ballot because they, don't, they won't explain that to you on Fox News, and they'll think that they voted. Doesn't that in itself prove some kind of a conspiracy that they're targeting certain people? Does oh, obviously. Happen? Obviously. I mean, you don't, you don't need to know whether the Republicans are Democrats to, to know that they were purged because they have common last names. I mean, that, that's, the whole, that's the whole basis. That's the, whole, that's the basis of the entire argument that they're making. So uh, spot on. Thanks for the call. Florence has drowned 5,500 pigs and three and a half million chickens. The hog waste lagoons are overflowing. 
Got a nuclear power plant down there that has declared a state of emergency, although it, it's a, the lowest level of emergency. This is a serious storm. Trump is on his way down there for a photo op. God only knows how that's going to work out. It did really well in Puerto Rico, right? I mean, maybe he'll throw paper towels at people again. Who knows? Buck in San Clemente, California. Hey, Buck, what's on your mind today? Oh, hi, Tom. How you doing? Good. What's up? Um, uh, a couple of quick things. I, I just want to mention Frank Luntz. Um, you know, he's uh, the uh, Republican pollster, and he's come up with, uh, you know, everything from uh, the death tax to changing uh, global warming to climate change. And, yeah, he's uh, an NLP master. Yeah, he is, and he as as the years go by, it's definitely taken a toll. His lies and the stuff that he comes out of his mouth to to lift up the Republican Party. And I just want to say, you are our Frank Luntz, but nobody knows it. You you come up with the great ideas, great commentary. I wish that there was an office in the Democratic line for you, man, because. You know, you just need to be there. You need to constantly tell these politicians what's right. So that's just my two cents right there. Okay. Well, thank you, Buck. I, you know, I, I think that we are having, and in fact, I know that we're having an impact. And a number of the things that I've been promoting over the years, particularly electronic voting machines and voter suppression, I think because of this program that got into Bernie Sanders' head, it's, it's uh, you know, Mark Pocan is the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. They're paying careful attention to this program and to our show, to our callers. A lot of the information isn't just coming from me, Buck. It's coming from people like you. It's, it's coming from people calling in going, eh, really? David in Somerset, Pennsylvania, watching us on Free Speech TV. Hey, David, what's on your mind today? I am part of the Democrats. And I, I talk to the Republicans, and they look at me and say, well, you listen to uh, MSNBC, and that's all lies. And I listen to Fox News, and they're all lies. And I'd like to know how to tell them to go to find the truth. Could you explain that? Yeah, there are two, two websites that regularly vet uh, these uh, rumors, stories, uh, memes, whatever. Snopes.com is one, and uh, the other is the fact checker over at the Washington Post. You'll find a pretty exhaustive compendium at those two places. Also, MediaMatters.org does a really good job of keeping track of what's going on on Fox News. And good luck. Vienna in Redding, California. Hey, Vienna, thanks for watching Free Speech. What's on your mind today? Oh, hello, Tom. Thank you for taking my call. Um, yeah, last week on uh, BBC, on the ticker under the news, I saw that Mr. Bezos is donating $1 billion for homelessness and education. And I was wondering, where's the money, and who follows the money, and how can we follow the money? And is it true? I think that, you know, from what I've heard, this is an attempt to salvage his image in Seattle, where, where uh, housing prices are so high uh, as a consequence of the explosion of tech, you know, Amazon is a big piece of that, obviously Microsoft another piece of it, oh. that homelessness has become a serious problem, uh, even among the middle class. And, and people just can't find decent housing, and the consequence of that is that people who are working 
in Seattle are, are living in increasingly distant suburbs, which means that the commute has turned to hell and the roads have turned to hell and they need a public transportation system, which they don't have. And so Bezos is uh, you know, trying to clean up his, the appearance of his act is what I'm reading. Um, I'm not a, a, a citizen of Seattle, so I don't, I don't know in depth, but my understanding well, is that that's broadly. <laughs> Pardon? It was bad back in the 80s. I said I used to live in Seattle, and it was bad back in the 80s, so I know yeah. it's worse now. Yeah, it's a beautiful town, but the traffic is a mess, and, and housing is yeah. obscenely expensive. But the thing we have to remember is that at the same time he might be giving you know money to help with homelessness, he is right now venue shopping. I, there's, a, there's a fancier phrase for it. Um, he's going around to cities around America saying, how many, how many hundreds of millions of dollars in tax breaks will you give me to move part of my uh, Amazon headquarters to your town? And so, oh, you know, some sense. other city is going to be hit with, you know, wipe out tax, tax cuts uh, for Amazon. It's just, you know, it's a lousy business model uh, to be doing this. And, and I agree with Bernie Sanders that any city that competes with any other city to, to drive down taxes to bring a company and should lose their federal highway funds. The entire state should. Uh, Vienna, thank you for the call. Excellent question. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Our podcasts are supported by advertising, and one of our advertisers is Harry's. By now, you probably know that I love shaving with Harry's. Nate uh, loves shaving with Harry's. In fact, everybody I know who's tried Harry's is like, whoa, this is incredible. You get an amazingly close shave with Harry's, a smooth, comfortable glide with their perfectly weighted razor. It's incredible. If you add Harry's Fantastic Smelling Shave Gel, you have the perfect recipe for the best shave you'll ever have. Harry's does all this and at a great price, too. They own their own world-class blade factory in Germany where they grind steel into sharp, durable blades that are made to last, and they pass the savings along to you. Don't confuse Harry's with those other pricey online brands that force you to subscribe. With Harry's, you can resupply whenever and however you want. Auto refills or one-off a la carte, your choice. And at just two bucks a cartridge, that's less than half the price of Gillette Fusion Pro Shield. For a limited time only, Harry's has a special offer for listeners of my podcast. New customers get $5 off a shave set from Harry's with the code TOM, T-H-O-M, at harrys.com. That means you get the starter set, the five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave, gel, travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. When you use the code TOM, T-H-O-M, at harrys.com. Join the millions of guys who've already switched, including me, and go to harrys.com today. Use the code TOM at checkout to claim your offer. Welcome back. Let's check in with Talk Media News and find out what's going on in the world today. This report brought to you by GoatsForTheOldGoat.com and Loving What You Do, Ellen Ratner's new book on the line with us, Bob Nay with Talk Media News. Hey, Bob. Uh, well, Tom, there's just tons going on. I know you've been talking a lot about Kavanaugh, but I did want to go to Jeff Sessions because the attorney general, who must absolutely love to be publicly thrashed by the president because it happens all the time, what happened again. And the president has torn into Jeff Sessions in an interview. It's been published today. And he's going as far as to say, I don't have an attorney general, although he appeared a little bit later to kind of backtrack a little bit on it. And he just says it's sad, and he just goes on again and again about Sessions, which we all know he's going to fire him election night or the next you know, morning, right. uh, for sure. He's gone. But I thought it, it was interesting because uh, the president got in again about uh, Sessions recusing himself from Hillary Clinton's issues, et cetera, et cetera. That, and then um, this is all turning on the heels of the fact that the president's going to release through declassification documents dealing with the Russia probe. Hmm. Now, 
in themselves, the uh, intelligence agencies talk a lot, and we've looked at this in past probes, will say, interest of national security, we can't do this and that. And sometimes that turns out, again, to be something not of substance. You know, they, they cry wolf on some of it. But this it goes a little bit different uh, direction, I think, because if, in fact, the president were to sit down with Mueller, which is not going to happen, but if, in fact, he did, um, wouldn't a question arise of, you know, aren't you interfering in a current investigation by just declassifying documents dealing with that investigation? I think this becomes one of the obstruction claims sure. that you will see in an, in an impeachment attempt. I mean, uh, Richard Nixon was uh, the articles of impeachment against him. The, I think the first one was obstruction of justice, and it was for this the, a variation on this sort of thing. I mean, it's very clear that declassifying these documents, that these are documents involved, uh, again, even if they don't have something of the interest of national security, they are documents involved in a probe, and they're being declassified. Now, we, we know why, because people will pick and choose, cherry-pick through them of what they want, and then, you know, the headlines will be generated and created, and it'll show something with an FBI agent or whatever, you know, some things we've heard uh, before, maybe some new things. But I just find it fascinating. And again, the way he hits Jeff Sessions, uh, Jeff Sessions obviously isn't going to come back and say anything to the effect of, you know, why are you doing this? So I don't know. I've been trying to figure it out. Maybe you know, because you're a lot smarter than I am. What is the interest of Jeff Sessions to remain in this job as long as he has? I, I can't figure it. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know the answer. I, I, have, I have been assuming up until this point that it's a matter of personal pride, that Jeff Sessions doesn't want to go down in history as the guy who quit or the guy who was fired. Uh, he, he, is, uh, he thinks he's continuing to do his job. He's fighting the drug wars. He's, mm -hmm. he's uh, you know, uh, prosecuting, uh, quote, illegal immigrants, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I think he's just a very proud man, but I could be wrong. No, it's possible. I just see it so much. I just wonder how somebody has the ability to remain, you know, uh, working for someone that attacks them almost every week. I don't think he uh, cares anymore. I think I think Sessions uh, is part of the crowd around Trump who are, uh, you know, like the guy who wrote the op-ed or the woman, whoever it was who wrote that op-ed, who are who are who feel that they're the the rational voices in the administration and they need to stay there because Trump is irrational. Uh, also, we were looking at an article today about Walmart, mm. and Walmart, uh, two weeks ago, it was uh, found out, you know, and it's got some information here in the press that Walmart asked uh, directly the Trump administration to walk back its plan to put tariffs on Christmas lights, shampoo, dog food, luggage, mattresses, handbags, backpacks, et cetera, et cetera, and they had written a letter to the trade rep. So, uh, again, trade war will continue. I don't yeah. see anything letting up uh, on it. And then we watched uh, also the South Korea uh, story, which is fascinating. Uh, you know, I've watched the approach over the years. Uh, I did support Bill Clinton in trying to deal with uh, Kim Jong-un's father uh, way back when. Uh, and we've watched things, you know, go down. And it's interesting now because there's a significant deal made between North and South. And they say it's in the hands of D.C. Let's see what Trump does with it. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, could be a moment. It could be a great opportunity or it could be a disaster. And with Donald Trump in the White House, God only knows. <laughs> Thank you, Bob Nay. Okay. Great talking with you today. Bob Nay, the author of Sideswiped uh, with TalkMediaNews.com. 
back on the line with us is our old friend Bill Press, the host of the Bill Press Show, nationally syndicated on radio and TV, Free Speech TV, Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. He's a columnist with The Hill newspaper. He's the author of several books, including Bush Must Go and now the sequel, Trump Must Go. <laughs> BillPressShow.com is his website. You can tweet him at BP Show. Bill, welcome back. Hey, Tom, how are you? Good to talk to you. Yes, it, indeed. It, I always said, not enough people read my book, Bush Must Go. So <laughs> let's hope we can do better with Trump Must Go, right? Well, I, and, and hopefully you're prescient because, uh, you know, yeah, he must go. And I, I hope all is well with you and Carol. And, and uh, it's uh, great to hear your voice. It's been too long uh, since we've talked. It, uh, it has indeed, and we miss you and Louise here in Washington, D.C., so well, best to you both. Thank you, Bill. You've got this organized into chapters, which are kind of categories, bucket categories of things that he's done um, and, and what's going on. What, what, but, but rather than doing it chronologically or categorically, yeah, right. uh, let's rank these by, by criticality, by importance. Uh, what, what do you see as the main reasons why Trump must go? And then you know, the, the follow-up question would be, what do, you, what do you see as the most practical ways to get him out? All right, good questions. It's the how, when, and why, right? But yeah. on the why, you know what I think, I think the, and I start with this, you and I, we are policy people. We're, we're policy nerds, right? You know, we, we really get into domestic policy, foreign policy. That's our specialty. But, and that's what we look at any president. I mean, whether it's George W. Bush or Barack Obama. But with Donald Trump, I think you've got to start with something else, which is Donald Trump, the person, just the obnoxious person that he is. And that's where I start. And I think that's where the American people have their most serious problems with Donald Trump. I mean, you may disagree with his policies, but, you know, but this man as a person has proven he's a racist, he's a sexist, he's a self-proclaimed sexual predator, he's a pathological liar. You, know, you could go down the list and just, I believe, unfit, unworthy of the office of president of the United States, uh, and has proven to, uh, to be so. Um, he certainly... Uh, not a person anymore that uh, parents can say to their kids, you know, here's your role model, right? You want to grow mm -hmm. up and be like the president of the United States, whether he's Republican or Democrat. I remember as a young man in California, I, how thrilled I was just to go out. I was taken by a friend of mine to see Air Force One sitting on the tarmac, right? It was Jerry Ford at the time. But who cares, right? The president of the United States, who matter, you looked up to him. You, um, you know, he was your ideal, if you will, citizenship, and it's certainly not the case uh, with Donald Trump. So having established that, you know, then I look at his war on the environment, um, uh, his war on immigrants, um, his war on our closest allies while he's cozying up uh, to all the dictators of the world, and kind of walk through, hey, Tom, as you can imagine, the tough part was, limiting it to 100 <laughs> yeah 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 well so 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 starting out here bill starting out of the gate you know trump is small petty mean nasty a liar a you know a grifter uh you know and 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 people are starting to figure this out and not a particularly deep thinker um, he's a he's a hustler. I mean, he got where he is by his by basically you know the lucky sperm club. You know, his, his daddy giving him his money. Um, yeah. But let's move into policy. What are the policies that Trump has been pursuing 
that might change under Mike Pence or definitely would change if we had a Democrat? Well, I think two of the most dangerous. And, you know, part of the problem here that we all are dealing with this is that we lose track of the impact of some of these policies. I really do think he's done enough damage already in 18 months or 19 months. It'll take us decades to recover. And I'm not exaggerating. And and we don't focus on them enough because, you know, we just focus on his damn tweets every day, right? He sends mm. us off on these wild uh, tangents, but not that the stuff he says isn't worth commenting on. But, for example, you know, the Paris Climate Accords, uh, I think that is hugely Look, look what's going on now with Hurricane Florence and Hurricane Maria last year and all the rest. And and what are we doing? He's he's rolling back the clock on climate change in Paris, rolling back the clock, the clock on the uh, new power plant um, rules that have been adopted under Obama, and on the new car new, new uh, car emissions, which the CAFE standards have been approved by the auto industry to get 55 miles an hour by whatever it is, 2025 or 2050, whatever it is, right? But you know, he's just wiped them out. Yeah. Uh, huge impact. I think the second one is the Iran nuclear deal. I mean, this was put together, as you know, by by seven nations, including the United States and Iran. He did what he said he wanted North Korea to do, which was, and North Korea hasn't done, totally put aside their nuclear weapons program for at least 15 years, saving the world from that threat of Iran becoming the next member of the nuclear club. And because Obama did it, Trump just wiped it out, right? Now, right. Iran, so far as we know, hasn't gone back to making nuclear weapons, but he's given them the green light to do so. Um, so, I mean, those are just two that pop right in. And plus, I think his whole immigration policy has been so cruel, so mean, and so you know, un-American, the zero-tolerance policy, getting rid of the Dreamers program, which was a hugely successful program, um, and um, getting rid of the temporary protected status program for people from um, from the Caribbean and from uh, Central America. Right. You know, across the board, I mean, the real, real damage uh, that he has done, which uh, I wanted to document here uh, as a first step. You know, uh, <laughs> way back, Thomas Jefferson, when he wrote the Declaration of Independence, his last slide, when he, his preface, his last line of preface is, let the facts be submitted to a candid world, right, about how, why we have to overthrow George III. Right. Here are the facts submitted to a candid world about why we got rid of, get rid of Donald Trump. Well done. Now, uh, the, the mechanism by which, in all probability, we will get rid of him will either be at the ballot box in two years, two, and a, two years and a couple of months, or uh, through an impeachment process. Um, the ballot yeah. box would, would purge us of Pence as well, which, you know, good riddance in my mind. Um, he's, he's, right. uh, he, uh, he's as skeezy a right-winger as, as Trump is, is pretending to be. But the impeachment proceeding would make Mike Pence president. Do you think that Pence has been, we haven't even discussed here, Trump's coming into power with the help of a foreign power with Russia? And, right. and, and God only knows who else. Uh, you know, Russia, I, Israel clearly uh, played a role in this as well, but, yeah. you know, not, not, not in the perfidious way necessarily that, that Russia did, uh, but more in the kind of classic way of, of you know, funding people through uh, and, and, and positions and whatnot. But uh, I'm guessing that, you know, this, the Saudis probably were involved there. You know, I mean, Citizens United is, you know, there's no, no more limits on, on foreign governments uh, interfering in right. our elections. 
So uh, is it possible that, that Pence is up to his eyeballs in this? He was in charge of the presidential transition. He was involved with Manafort in the, in the campaign. Uh, is it possible that he's so far up, up to his eyeballs in this that, that a, an impeachment could be a twofer? <laughs> I don't know that. I'm not even sure that the, uh, uh, that the process, I guess, would allow for that. Right? It would be the sure. first for sure. But uh, you're, but I, you are absolutely right. Mike Pence is a total partner of Donald Trump. He is 100% on board. I think he knows uh, maybe not every tweet that Donald Trump's going to do, but he, he is right in lockstep with Donald Trump every bit. I, that's why I have, you know, 100 reasons to dump Trump and one to keep him, um, because I do think Mike Pence... Because, as you say, he pretends to be this reasonable guy when he's really an extreme, he's a true believer, a real extreme right winger, and I think could be more effective in getting things done uh, in Donald Trump. But I want to come back to how, do, how we get rid of him. You know, mm-hmm. look, that's, in a sense, it's above my pay grade. He could face criminal charges by Robert Mueller. He could be impeached. He could be forced to resign because to save his family members. It could be a combination of the above. He could be, let's hope, and will be voted out in 2020. I think there's an immediate step facing us, Tom, which is November 6th. Because if Democrats can take back the House, that puts a huge roadblock in the way of Donald Trump, yep. at least on policy, on, on the legislation. And if Democrats can take back the Senate, that puts an additional roadblock, particularly on judges, uh, those district court judges, appellate court judges, and, God forbid, another Supreme Court appointment. Right. So it's time time to make sure that your registration is intact and that you're not one of those millions who got bumped off the, the voter rolls by, by uh, yep. Chris Kobach and company. We just learned in Georgia over 100,000 registered Democrats removed from the polls. Uh, Greg Powell is reporting that this morning. Yep. It's incredible. Bill, thank you. All right. Hey, Tom, great to join you. Trump, let's go. Yeah, I'm at. <laughs> Thanks, Bill Press, The Bill Press Show. Uh, BillPressShow.com is the website. The new book, Trump Must Go. Trump lying again. Surprise, surprise. He says that, you know, the FBI shouldn't be investigating Brett Kavanaugh. He shouldn't be investigating these allegations. They tried to rape this young girl when he was 17, when she was 15. They shouldn't be talking to his friend who was there. Both Brett Kavanaugh and his friend have said that they don't want to testify And the Republicans are saying they don't want to testify under oath to the FBI because lying to the FBI is a crime. The woman, Dr. Ford, who is alleging this attempted rape, she actually does want to talk to the FBI. And she's quite cognizant that lying to the FBI is a crime. But Donald Trump, he's lying about the FBI. He told reporters at the White House, he said, I don't think the FBI really needs to be involved because they don't want to be involved. If they wanted to be, I'd certainly do that. But as you know, they say this is not really their thing. Well, that lie, right? This is just a blatant, flat-out, plain old-fashioned lie from Donald Trump. And now the FBI has come out and said, no, we never told anybody at the White House. We never told Donald Trump we didn't want to do this investigation. Uh, this is the kind of thing that we do. We did it with regard to Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill back in 1991. And, uh, you know, we can do it now. If All you have to do is just ask us. So Trump lying through his teeth once again, lying actually about his lying. It's bizarre. We will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, you know, hang on to your hat. Things sure are moving fast. 
And don't forget, democracy, as both President Obama used to say and as Bernie Sanders said for years on this program, democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires all of us. It, it was designed that way. It, it was that way in Greece. It was that way for a while in Rome. And it's, it's been that way here for a long, long time. We only win when we show up, which means making sure that your voter registration is still intact, that the Republicans haven't stolen it. Get out there, get active, tag, you're it. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 